Could teach you a couple things. Ariel is if giving we were me to play, a finish if we were, for Redheads if, until the day I die. If we're, we're, just, like, we're just overlooking and that's why we're the bad ass. No, that's why I'm Mulan, Mulan, no, Mulan no, is pretty that Mulan? Mulan's the only person to kill people. No, I think no. Mulan, uh, uh, Pocahontas uh, is your combination between uh, Jasmine's hotness and Mulan's wifiness. Like, if we were to play MFK, Mulan's wifiness? Oh, yeah, dude. Come really? on. She's such a strong, independent woman. Belle? She don't know, man. And welcome to the Down of Fun Podcast. Uh, my name is Warren. I will be your host this evening. And here I'm with a few of my friends. Uh, we're going to take a couple of drinks and talk about some nerdy stuff, some movies, and some TV. Uh, I'm with my buddy uh, Josh. What's up, Josh? Hey, guys. I'm also with Mike. How's it going, Mike? Saturday, dudes. Uh, Kyle, another reoccurring character. What's up, Kyle? Good to be back. Good stuff, good Ginger stuff. Ninja. And lastly, the... Uh, we don't like him that much. Uh, lastly, the uh, man, the myth, and the legend, version three. Here we go. <laughs> we have uh, Jesse. What's up, Jesse? I'm liking the theme. I'm, I'm appreciating that. Um, today is June 5th, 2016, which means that we are almost one year old tomorrow. So, everybody raise your drinks and say happy birthday down in front podcast. Also, by the time this gets edited, it'll be uh, nine weeks later. Yes. And we are taking a drink. I am drinking some Down East Cider, as well as a couple other beverages. Uh, Josh, what you drinking? Got me the classic Yingling, courtesy of Mr. Kyle. Mike? I got some uh, Magic Hat Summer. There you go. Uh, Kyle? The aforementioned Yingling. There you go. And Jesse? Uh, I'm drinking 90 wine, uh, the Cabernet Sauvignon. That's a good blend. Yeah, uh, it's clinking a little bit. I didn't realize... I put ice in it because I prefer that, and I realize it's probably a terrible idea for a podcast. You may be the first person I know to put ice in a red wine. I love it. it. But it, that's what Sangria is. Yeah. No, but yeah. we're going to keep going. <laughs> we're going... <laughs> Moving on. That's not what we're here to Don't you fucking judge me. <laughs> uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about and reviewing Civil War, giving a couple of our feedback and a couple of our thoughts and kind of talking about how much we either like or didn't like the movie. Spoiler alert, you may not want to continue. Stop this right now and go watch the movie. Thank you. So let's get into it a little bit more. Um, we're actually going to start with Jesse. Um, we're going to break it up into a couple different sections of kind of wins and criticisms. And then we're going to finish off with our conclusion of how we all kind of thought about it. So Jesse, what you got in regards to the uh, positive category, the wins? The positive category, all right. The first thing that I really want to open with is Baron Zemo. Um, it, it, the whole movie was amazing. I, I just want to start actually start with that. It was one of my all-time favorite Marvel movies. But with Mar Baron Zemo in particular, it's interesting because when I heard that this movie was being made, I was curious who the villain was going to be because there's only so many Marvel villains that you can or Avengers villains that you can pick, and Baron Zemo like quite literally was like in Avengers number four. He was one of the first Avengers villains, and what he was was he was like the anti Captain America, like he was the the German equivalent that was like a superhero and like 
he had this mask that was like melted onto his face and he was like the dude who like fought the Avengers and could go toe to toe like physically uh, aggressively and fight the Avengers and in the movie they just made him a dude he was a dude he was a dude who had motivation and aggression and like time and no mask was needed he didn't have to wear a mask he was just a guy who could take down the Avengers and it's funny because as opposed to like the two like the other previous Avengers movies he was somebody who could actually go toe to toe with the Avengers and that was actually one of my favorite moments of the entire movie. I thought I thought he was brilliant. Um, I like just jumping on this. I had this down here as well. Um, I think that he. It's funny because he went was able to go toe to toe with the Avengers because he realized he shouldn't go toe to toe with the Avengers. Right. Yeah. Like right. he 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 understood how the game works. He understands that like well in the abstract he knows he's not Thanos. Um, and knows that the most powerful person, it, ironically, the whole, like, the safest hands are still our own, yeah. he used that completely to his own benefit. And I think he's the first Marvel villain to win, right? Technically, yeah. 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 Most yeah. of them die at the end of the movie, most, which is one so of my biggest complaints about the Marvel not, not only did he, he stay alive and keep the hope that, like, We'll see some sort of team up in the future because I don't think an actor of Daniel Bruhl's care, like quality and like the way they set him up, I don't think we've seen the last of Zemo. See, I've been discussing that with a couple of people. I'd like to see him back in a post Avengers, like post uh, Infinity War and all that. Oh, like, he's no way he comes yeah. back within the next three. No, four he years. won't be back yeah. in like the next yeah five but, years. But it'd be kind of cool to see him be like a big bad of a of an overall. Like imagine. Him pulling the strings on the new Avengers, so he, you know, he has the hate for the OG people. Um, but imagine if he turns that around and goes full heel. Like right now, he has a reason, and he's like, "All right, I don't like these couple people because they did this to my family." But if he, I feel like if he can just embrace that inner like darkness and then say like, "Yeah, Stephen Strange." You're an Avenger now. I'm gonna mess with you. Does anyone know what his film count like contract is? Because I, I, I never, yeah, me. I never looked yeah, it up. Yeah. I know, I know a, a lot of theirs, but I, I actually don't know his. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at that here. Um, I guess I would kind of talk about my wins and look that in, in the regards to um, keeping it brief. But I just thoroughly, I enjoyed this movie a lot, and I think the, another reason why I enjoyed kind of Avengers One and Avengers Two and I guess Cap 2 as well as this one now, um, uh, Cap 3, yeah, uh, is the fact that the overall sort of chemistry with the actual characters is if they've never been on screen before, ever, at all. But it feels like as if they've been, they've spent a lot more time together. So the only time that we actually see them on screen is the first time movies actually seen them on these actual movies but it feels like as if they actually tried a lot more of like the relationship between each other and you start to see that who's friends who's not who's in, who's enemies to the point where when they start fighting even their, their dialogue and their little kind of back and forth banter is also really interesting for that so i do really like that especially for the looks of like the airport sequence and everything about that actual sequence already kind of tells that we have these small little um 
vignettes or like small little acts of like, oh, this is hilarious, and this is funny, and this is funny. And that truly is like defining each and one of those actual characters. Well, on the same idea though, it's nice to see like uh, Scarlet Witch in the Vision. Like in the <clears throat> comics, they're freaking married, but mm-hmm. you get to see this whole like banter between the two. Bucky and freaking Falcon like bantering with each other in the back of the car. Like you're, awesome. you're absolutely you're right. right. Like those are the best parts of the movie is just I... seeing the characters talk to each yeah. other. That that I... scene when they were looking like they saw that Captain America finally, finally kissed the girl. I'm like, yeah, like, oh, oh, that's so, awesome. Which was hilarious with their their looks in the car. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The bro like not approval, like, yeah, buddy. So I think that that I think that, that scene was maybe the worst scene in the movie. Be- the kiss, the kiss, only the kiss. Um, Go on. Yeah. So, so I actually I think that it wasn't as developed their relationship, and I think it slightly felt kind of out of place. Wait, that being s- which which with we- agent, agent Cap and Agent Thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so I and I understood they kind of alluded to it, but I I wish there was just. A tad bit more there for that, or the other way they could have just made it way more awkward, and then have the understanding that like everyone felt it was weird. Yeah, and I think it would have been equally a little bit better that way. I think one thing I, to the relationships I I had in my kind of win column was that the platonic relationships. I think that besides Agent Thirteen, there really wasn't like a love story, and it didn't. That matter. wasn't a bad yeah. thing. No, it was great. I think yeah. that I, yeah. I actually I thoroughly see the Thor movies. Yeah, and realize how I know, thoroughly yeah. love Natalie Portman's uh, character of Black Widow and her interaction with the two big. Pause oh, yeah, we started her hands in, but keep going. We we missed you. You we, said Natalie. We zig when you zag. So when we said Thor, you said yeah, Natalie. Yeah, that's right. Um, so so. <laughs> Everyone's like, what? It's all getting edited out in post. So, um, <laughs> no, keep it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson, um, her relationship, which is since Iron Man 2, you know, which is, you know, probably, what, seven years at this point with these two characters? Yeah. Like, it's unbelievably platonic and it just works. There's, like, no real weird, like, they're just friends and, like, helping each other out. And I think that she plays that character really well. I thought that. Scarlet Witch plays the platonic role with, like, Cap and Hawkeye, like, really well. And they didn't make it, like, overly mushy with Vision. I guess there was a love story with Vision. But, like, they didn't make it... It's a blossoming They they didn't make it... They they made it, like, actually, for a witch and an android, they made it more real than anything we've seen with Thor and Jane Foster. True. Which, and, yeah, was... um, I thought it was a huge win. Those are just bad movies, but that's just my... No. It's fair. What about you, Josh? My wins, uh, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man was a great part of this movie. I think there was a lot of anxiety going into it, saying, oh, we get to see Spider-Man again, Uh and it's another... Well, they didn't really do much of an origin, but it was like a semi-origin. But they played it really well, um, and his hot aunt... It's just <laughs> great. It's hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and his whole interaction with Tony Stark was just great. Um, he's that hilarious scene, in the airport scene. That scene, too, when it finally cuts and you see that big, bold, white lettering where it says Brooklyn. Queens. Uh, Queens. Queens. <laughs> oh, hey. Queens. Brooklyn. It makes you squiggle in your seat. I didn't like that, but I'll talk about that later. What? All right. Can, you didn't Josh, like the... Keep, 
I didn't like the I didn't like I didn't like the titles, but we'll talk about that. I I agree with you on that. Um, So yeah, I mean that scene was great, and then Spider-Man throughout the rest of the movie, especially in the airport (laughs) scenes where he's you know he grabs Bucky's arm and just turns it aside. That's like a holy fuck moment because he's like this scrawny little kid, but that's when you see his strength. Um, So Spider-Man is definitely a huge win in my book. and um, one thing that I'm debating whether this is a good or a uh, pro or a con in my book is that they did include Cap's speech, but they didn't give it to Cap. Uh, they used it at the funeral and kind of paraphrased it, but it's such a great speech that even there it was still solid. So Cap's speech, for a lot of people who might not know, is like the monumental like Civil War, the comic books... Cap has to give this big speech to Spider-Man where he says it's it's along the lines of like when people tell you that something is wrong and you have to move out of the way to make progress, it's your job to say, no, you move. And the whole speech is very dramatic, very important, like monumental to the entire conversation of Civil War in, in the comic books. And the entire speech is, is like Josh said, it's, it's paraphrased in the movie, but it's the eulogy speech for the death of... Peggy. Peggy, Peggy thank you. Yeah. I, I, never, I never was a fan of Peggy. I, didn't, oh. I, never, watched the, I never watched the series, but anyway, uh, my, my, my point fair, being fair, is yeah. I, was, I was fair. gripping my, my yeah. seats in the movie to like, I was waiting for that speech. I wanted that speech to come. See, and the funny thing is, is, I was anticipating it too. I was yeah. like, "Where is Cap's speech? Where is I that want speech? that so bad." Yeah, and like, it it felt it felt a little flat, but well, it it wasn't as like because in the comic book it's like a stoic, just very uh, determined Cap, and I I feel like I kind of missed what, that. What do you think about this? Because uh, I thought it was interesting that they took two big moments from the Civil War comics and rolled them into that same thing. Um, up until this point. Uh, no one knew that Agent 13 was, her surname was Carter, you know, mm-hmm. so like she was just, uh, what's it, a Sharon from across the hall. Um, I thought that it was interesting that they somehow still managed to get the, the symbolism of unmasking and with like reenacting Spider-Man's big role from the comics, as well as Cap's famous speech all in one scene. But I thought it was an interesting moment where Falcon was just like, we know her, like, you know, no one was expecting Agent 13 to show up, and then here she is, kind of unmasking herself as Peggy's, like, uh, niece, nephew, what am I, grandniece, yeah, it was, I actually forget. I don't know how she would be a nephew. Uh, yeah, it's 2016, yes. it's 2016, people can be whatever they wanted to, themselves to be. Um, no, but, so, I thought it was an actually, like, a, a really interesting portrayal of both those famous moments from the comics, yeah, I probably would have liked to see them true to their form, but I'm, I actually really respected the writers for throwing them in an imaginative way in the movie. Yeah, I thought it also helped to counter your like the weakness of the relationship between uh, Agent Thirteen and Cap. That he sees this, he gets that speech, which not only like helps his convictions, which he was already torn torn about because they had just introduced the what is the accords the accords yeah the Sokovia accords it's like it's not the Geneva Convention it's the only words I could think of the Sokovia accords and then he hears that but then he also realizes he's related to I mean his strange like lost love and yeah. so I just thought that like really brought it together because he already 
the, the, the seeds of the relationship had been planted where he's like, hey, cute, cute girl in my building. Oh, you're an agent? Like, and then yeah. it comes right back to like, oh, now you're related I, and you inspire me? I actually thought the better scene between them is like kind of weirdly coupley was when they were in Berlin when the for the bombing. Yeah, and they put an awkward walk to the like the the elevator. I thought that was like yeah. that was what I wanted that kiss to be like really weird and awkward. And Falcon kind of interrupts in the middle of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Not now, Captain. <Yeah. laughs> and so, what are Kyle's wins? For my wins, uh, thoughts were like accountability and conviction, um, which on the it's like on the contrary to what Batman and First Superman lacked. The idea of accountability was brought up, but never really reinforced, and it was straight up just stone faces. This like the Avengers were sat down, <laughs> like you see all this stuff you've done. We're not cool with it anymore as a country, as as a world. Yeah. Like you guys have to be accountable for this, which then lent itself for both sides to have convictions that both made sense. Like neither side was wrong, and you could totally see why you'd be on one side or the other. And so it was a, I thought that was like a huge win to have like such great accountability and connection. I believed each character and why they were there. So I think the best point that Kyle brings up is when you have these two characters fighting and you legitimately, like in this, it, when I was sitting in my seat, I didn't know who was going to win. And based on the comics, Cap dies. Like Cap dies in the comic books. And so when Iron Man and Captain America in the final fucking scene are fighting each other, I legitimately didn't know who was going to win. And that was one of my favorite parts of this movie. And to the point where, like, even Cap throws his shield down and almost cuts off Iron Man's head, I thought he might fucking do it. Like, that was one of my favorite things about this movie is, like, I didn't know if Cap was going to die. I didn't know if Iron Man was going to die. And that was one of the greatest things about this movie. It's pretty wild to have some sort of, like, suspension of... Or not suspension, but, like... You know what the next six movies that are coming out in the MCU are, and you still had no idea how this movie was going to end. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, like, other movies that have cinematic universes, you can almost call what's going to happen. Like Fast and Furious. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the only other cinematic universe that matters. Terrible. Kyle, let's see what Yeah, the second one, how great they handled the ensemble, like, in a huge ensemble cast. Yeah. Like, everyone had beats, even if they were, like, more cameo-esque in nature, like Spider-Man or Hawkeye or anything like that. Everyone kind of got to interact with each other with that airport scene, where it's just, there, there was back and forth banter, and it kept it fun and funny, and, like, Paul Rudd as Ant-Man just got to feel like he was just a kid in a candy store hanging out with superheroes, mm-hmm. and he played that up so well. To the point, like, you know, that's like, I believe this belongs to you, Captain America. And he's like, you know, he'd been dreaming of saying that his whole life. And that just came across. And it just kind of, you know, just fills you with just like, this is the action scene you always dreamt of. And, you know, you can see it in cartoons, but like on a big screen like that. Um, I thought that was really about cool. The, ensemble cast. the only, actually, I feel like Ant Man was a little underutilized. For sure. I was, I was fine with it. I was fine with it as well. His screen time was Perfect. exactly what he needed. I want. I wanted more, but it wasn't his movie, and I think yeah. everybody yeah. has a chance to have like, you you want more from everybody. Yeah. Right? So, so I'm like, cool. Like that's we're gonna get what we're gonna but, get. But somehow he was the only one that I felt like I wanted a little bit more of his face. Really? You know what I mean? 
Like, the, the rest of them, I was like, okay, I don't need that much of the Vision or Scarlet Witch. I feel like they were appropriate. I could have used one of the more Scarlet but Witch's he, face. But he was, hey um, but he was, like, the... At, that, at one point, he was the catalyst of that battle in the he airport. He had the big... So well, that was, he literally had a giant <laughs> moment. Yeah, yeah, yes, he had, yeah, so, I mean, I, I definitely get what you're saying of, like, more actual dialogue, stuff like that, but him doing something that... He was all like we know like obviously like as comic book readers and things like that we knew that he was gonna do it at one point I just didn't know it was gonna show up here and when it actually happens I'm like you got me bro you <laughs> almost stole the entire show if it wasn't for Spider Man that was the other the one of the other only other more impressive things well, um, besides another character that um, I mean that fight scene in general was just the perfect mix of like ah oh, I mean it was just it was just if you were gonna get a bunch of superheroes to beat the hell out of each other. That is the fight scene you'd want to see. Like there was, yeah, there absolutely. was actually like good action. The CG was good enough that we'll we'll see in five years what it looks like. But but it was good enough that it was believable. And there was lines like even if the CG was like in five years is terrible. Seeing Spider Man swinging around, Paul like seeing Tom Holland voicing over Paul Rudd yelling about Star Wars that happened thirty years ago yeah. is still a great line. Like yeah. that line, it's funny that like. Anyone, I mean, 60 years from now, who cares? Because our kids are going to be little shits anyway, so, like, whatever. Um, but right. so, but in the near future, that Star Wars is still going to be an older film for everyone. And, like, that line will hold up, which is remarkable. Um, so Disney magic. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> going into, I think I'm the last person to speak on this. The, the, uh, my big win from this, speaking of, like, characters, was Black Panther. Um, I think that he was... For me, he stole the show. Um, yes. I thought that the... I think you could say a lot about him as a character, the cool stuff he does and everything, but I thought the most interesting part of it was his arc on death that I don't think was fully explained, but um, I thought it was really interesting um, that when he was talking to um, Black Widow after his father was killed, he's given this idolized version of the Wakandan death. Where he's saying that, yes, you accept death because you get to run with your ancestors. And at that point, he says, well, I don't believe in this. Like, that's dumb. It's stupid. We're immortals. Let's go raise some hell. Um, and then at the very end, um, you go through this whole overarching thing where he slowly learns that he was wrong. And at the very end, he has that like, touching talk with, I know you're going to bring this up later, but he overhears the voicemail, and he overhears and kind of learns about, like, his own version of vengeance, and he stops the bullet from killing Zemo, because at that point, to me at least, he's respecting his Wakandan gods. He says, hey, you can't run with your ancestors. Mm -hmm. We're not done with you yet. Yeah. And I thought that was a, a very interesting circle that wasn't necessarily, like, Cat beating up Iron Man. How many times have you seen this movie? Uh, four. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, like, wow, shit. I'm like, you're on but, top of your stuff. But, I'm like, I've only seen this once. But, but like, I noticed, I noticed it after the second one, and then I went and saw it with my mom the third time, oh. and so I was thinking more about the characters and what I had to like explain to her. So I noticed it after the second time. Dude, but I wish I could. I, honestly, I love this movie so much. I wish I could have seen it. Like that introspective is amazing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that, I like when I can't like I don't, when I noticed that it was it was really like yeah it's an act it's again speaking with every character somehow got their moment. 
that's a moment that like yeah it's not Iron Man punching Captain America it's but it's a, a like a deep rooted interesting moment mm-hmm. Warren go ahead like speaking on um, other wins like lastly Guillermo actually couldn't make it for right now I believe he's home in uh, Puerto Rico but one of the wins that he didn't want to mention was talking about the entire kind of fight scene and he feels like this is the best sort of like top tier fight scenes all throughout the movie from when it opens and they're fighting crossbones and one of the, I'm really glad that they kind of disposed of him pretty quickly because I thought that he was going to be a lingering character the all throughout the other fight scenes is one of the favorite fight scenes um, that I want to discuss is when they had to fight um, the Winter Soldier after he got like re-brainwashed and everybody was fighting him with no weapons. That was a really good fight. That was a really strong scene to see that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier and all the female characters and male characters are all in the same plane. So it's nice to see that Agent 13 and Black Widow are fighting Winter Soldier just like... Tony Stark is fighting, and just like um, uh, Falcon, they're all just fist fighting this guy with no weapons at all. Clearly, they're gonna lose, but they're still gonna try to stop him. With well, that, that was the yeah. first time uh, Black Widow ever failed on her jump up, twist, crotch into the yeah. dude's face, and then <laughs> twist him down. And even in the last fight scene, they were talking about the, the Ray Mysterio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like that final <laughs> fight scene, that entire epic fight scene. I was sitting there on the edge of my chair, like. Like, just like what Jesse was talking about, I have no idea how this is going to end, but just being able to see that Iron Man blasts off Winter Soldier's arm, like, what the? You can do that? Are you serious? And then talks about how he can, like, tell his suit to analyze Captain America's moves so he can actually kind of fight back and have some kind of solid ground. Well, that also, too, that, that was one of my skepticisms, is if he has a suit that can analyze Captain America's moves and then help move his body to fight Captain America. That was actually one of my lower points. This I'm glad you put that up. Are we going to talk criticisms? Well, yeah, I think that's a perfect segue. Yeah. 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 Go ahead, Jesse. Uh, oh, God. Are you starting with me? Well, I'm you not, just... I'm, you're just I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not I mean, ready. But that was actually one wait, wait, wait. of the things that... We're, we're talking Iron Man here. He's no Batman. He's, a, he's not planning right, ahead to have everybody's right. moves. He's a Batman. dude in a really high-powered suit. So, yeah. like, I, I, I refuse to think that Tony Stark knows how to go toe-to-toe and fist-fight combat with freaking... No, but it's kind of like, like the Matrix where... Uh, you know how he says, like, I know karate... Yeah. Sure. So so it's one of those things that like Tony Stark doesn't Tony Stark unlike Batman, Tony Stark doesn't need doesn't know that he'll need to know karate. But as soon as you hit that point, he says, Alright, machine with the internet, make me good at karate now. Again, that's just one of my it was a little criticism, but like honestly, one of my biggest criticisms, and I'm actually gonna counterpoint you on this Blewett, is Ant Man. Ant-Man's motivation, this was actually my biggest flaw, is the fact that, like, they bring Ant-Man in and they say, hey, we're going to go take down the government or what have you, and he's like, "Ah, I've been to jail before, like, fuck it, let's do this. His entire motivation of his own movie is that he doesn't want to go back to prison again because he wants to be back with his family. And to bring his character in, which, by the way, Paul Rudd, the, the, the good part of the whole thing was that Paul Rudd stayed in character. He had a lot of fun with it. But it it felt like a dismissal of the entire movie that stood before And him. apparently they shot scenes that showed Hawkeye picking him up. That would have made that a little bit more clear. But 
obviously we're probably not going to see that, so we're probably. Well, I mean, not if know. it's on a DVD bonus, I'm willing to dismiss it. Yeah, but in the no, I, honestly, I thought, I'll agree with you. I thought that was a little weird. Yeah, but, and, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll go just a, kind of a small tidbit. Is I uh, I'm going to disagree with you, Jesse, because even in the Ant Man movie. Because he's been trying to not do this. He's trying to not do this. And then in the end, he's like, yeah, you know what? This is all I'm good for. I'm not going to get a job of doing things right. So the only thing I know how to do and do very well is go on this stealing things. And like well, he says in this movie, I'm just going to steal, like I'm breaking to some things and Break steal some shit. Break into a place to steal some steal shit. Some shit. So that's what he's good for. That's literally, he's already known, like, cool, I'm good for that. I'm still helping out the Avengers as much as possible. This is my first mission. So in this event of what I'm going to help out with, what did he do? He broke into some place, Spider-Man, and stole this. He stole the actual shield and got it back to Captain America. I think Jesse's point is that he sided with the side that is against. The, yeah, he went back. Act. He intentionally yeah. went back to being a criminal. But, Which but, I mean, he did we, that at the end but, of the movie. But so he that's did that saying. on the exception of seeing his daughter again. His entire motivation of his own movie is to be with his daughter, and in this one, he's like, "Fuck it, I'll go back to jail, whatever." But I thought I felt like he did that at the end of his own movie, so that's why that I was like I don't. So I I disagree with him on that one, but I also think wait that, who are you? Uh, Warren, with? sorry uh, for our non yeah, you can, can see me you pointing. Can't point, it doesn't um, matter. <laughs> still, I'm, it's a year later, and I'm still not used to this. Uh, actually, Ant Man was my first, my debut, so uh, hey, I can definitely speak to this. Right. Um, with that, I felt that I think if Captain America shows up or like a an emissary from his camp shows up and says hey man we need you to do this because let's not forget that they weren't they weren't gearing up to fight iron man they were gearing up to go hunt down the winter soldiers Mm -hmm. so if hawkeye shows up and says hey man on the down low we're gonna have to go save the world because there's these super soldiers out there will you come with us I thought that he's probably that that part would have been in character. The part that I am kind of interested in seeing more of would have been that when he was in the raft, he was saying like, "Oh, Hank Pym never like said to trust the Stark," and he said it with such malice. Like he didn't say it with any sort of like any sort of sarca- sarcasm. It was I believe that don't trust Starks. And that's the part that's more interesting. The whole part leading up to that, like, that's fine. Captain America says, hey, man, we're kind of shorthanded right now. We could really use you and your skill set. More so Falcon should have been the connection because Ant-Man ends with him finding out through right. hearsay yeah. that Falcon's looking for him again. Yeah. Good point. Oh, that's this, actually really so, so one quick side note. Uh, much like the Game of Thrones one, we shot this one Previously, (laughs) 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 but most of us uh, had a little bit too much fun. Uh, It was me. (laughs) One point that I I really thought was interesting, and I just want to point out on this one was that uh, that Hawkeye was the guy that uh, Falcon was talking about um, in the at the end of what's it called, Ant Man. Yeah. Josh? Um, <clears throat> all right, so for my criticisms, my uh, my biggest one, and uh, when I walked out of the theater, that was the only, like, I love the movie. Um, it, it's just the one part that really disappointed me was that they downplayed the entire political aspect of the comic book. It felt like they kind of, it was always there, but it wasn't as pronounced, and it wasn't like, 
So, like, I recently reread the comic book, and they do all these weird things in the comic book. Like, the government starts employing villains to come help hunt down the rogue heroes, because their, their hero side isn't uh, filled out enough. They don't have a big enough roster, so they start employing them. Um, and, like, other stuff wouldn't have worked at all, like the, uh, the prison in the negative zone is too weird and off-base. Well, they don't own it. Yeah. Fantastic Four. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, overall, the whole political aspect, I just didn't feel like hit the mark for me. It was more about Cap being on Bucky's side rather than I am very against the entire idea of us giving all of your, our information to you mm-hmm. and being public heroes. And, like, that was such a huge point. Like, it's still the same thing where uh, both the movie and the comic book did a good job of making it feel like nobody was really wrong, but the points were different. It just didn't, like, Cap's whole thing, it just, it didn't hit as hard as I wanted it to. Because I feel like in the comic book, it's like a punch in the face from Cap. He's just like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And that whole, we were talking earlier about the speech, and like, that is just, um, he was just very, he felt like he was standing more firm than he did here. Uh, and did I have something else here? I can definitely yeah, see that, question. though, because even, conti- this is another reason why, like, for me, as a criticism of um, Winter Soldier, and then kind of coming into Civil War, is that his his motivation, Captain America's motivation, was to defend Bucky. And now in this movie, and I saw that at one point he was leaning of, this is not right, we shouldn't do, we shouldn't do this to Sokovia Accords because of this, 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 but then it slowly change of, I need to defend this guy even if my life depending on it as much as possible. So you yeah. only focus on Bucky. I can definitely see that throughout the, the yeah. movie. Yeah, and especially with, now that you mentioned Winter Soldier, at the end of Winter Soldier, it felt like he was going to be very on that side. Like, nobody should have this much control. Mm-hmm. We, you know, Hydra's head infiltrated, and, like, everything's fucked. So I felt like that point should have been made more rather than Bucky being the focus. Yeah. Kyle, what's your criticisms? Zemo's plot is kind of very convoluted. Like, a lot of it's on a whim, you know? Like, I get, like, it's, it's one of my favorite lines from the movie. I tweeted right after I finished his mission report, December 16, 1991. And I get that he, like, you got to pick up some pieces. Like, it's revealed at the end of Cap 2 that Black Widow had released all of Hydra's information. So maybe there's something hinting at that. Mm-hmm. But, like, how did... Zemo know to like specifically find that mission and how did that inform that there were other Winter Soldiers like I get that he gets Winter Soldier like he gets Bucky to tell him what happened and he's like cool I mean he must ask him other things too such as where to find the base and everything like that but it it seems like that is very much on a whim and it's hard to know how he would know that yeah, it's difficult to connect I those two sort of Also, points. before I forget, I wanted to mention, because I, I didn't get into our wins, the whole thing with Zemo and him showing that uh, Bucky was the one that killed uh, Stark's dad. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. That, that, that scene no, so, is excellent. So, yes, and to bridge on your, th- like, let's bring it all together, um, I think that the the point wasn't necessarily to get them at that base at that time but just to get that tape in Stark's hands. Right, exactly. I, well, and, and I don't think, I think it 
because of movies, it worked out. They caught him when he was in, you know, getting the tape, and so they could have a fight in a really stylized location, like a missile silo. But I think the point was that, like, let's get this, let's show what really happened, and let's see what happens to Stark then. I mean, uh, and maybe because, and I, I think we've definitely have seen Winter Soldier, and I did have a bit of a criticism, a criticism to the point where I like the ending. I thoroughly enjoyed the ending. To Winter was, Soldier. To no, excuse me, to Civil War. Hmm. Um, I like the ending of what happened, the, all the fights. Um, but there was lines in the Winter Soldier when he's introduced, and Black Widow talks about, yeah, he's like a shadow. He even got me, and she was showing Captain America her scar. And then they, uh, I, I felt like they heavily alluded to it in the movie that Winter Soldier killed Tony Stark's parents. And that's in the Winter well, they, Soldier they, sh- they show the first thing that Zola shows them when they're in the, the bunker. Yeah. Is the newspaper clipping of... So that um, that kind of ruined it because I was like, yeah, we know this. That's, is that supposed to be surprising? Is, no. it, is that supposed to be surprising? Or is that to the point where, yeah, we knew this. We're sitting there like waiting because... Iron Man didn't know this. And right. This is like a boom. Right. That's when you're supposed to kind of freak out to the point well, where now Iron Man's first time. It's an investment in it. the characters. We knew it ish, kind of like if you could read between the lines, mm-hmm. you could figure it out. But it was the investment on I thoroughly buy into this character's mental state and we're going to go with it. And then seeing, like, you almost when you see the tape, one, it was a brutal tape. Like, it was well done, like, well shot. Like, you know, you really actually felt like he was murdering some dude's parents. Um, but you bought into, I'm in Tony Stark's head and I'm seeing this tape for the first time. Go. Yeah. And I thought that, that they did, they somehow captured the personal element for something that most people kind of knew ahead of time anyways. Kyle? When also was it revealed that Cap knew? That's it, yeah. We, it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, it was. I'm, I'm glad it was never revealed because then it's like, oh, his cap, just from the facial expressions alone, that we can, like, cool. We knew as an audience, Cap has learned this entire time and he's still fighting for. I, I, I like the fact that we didn't know that Cap knew because if we knew that Cap knew, it would have been easy to say that. Why didn't you just tell him right now? See, when they said that Cap knew, I immediately sat there and I was like, okay, this is an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference or some comic book that I movie tie-in that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope. when in the entire cinematic universe was it revealed that he Well, no, no. I think it's better that they didn't. That, yeah, like, because... That we didn't know. I and then Because then it's kind know. of like him holding on to it. So not even anybody else, not even the audience knows... The cap is holding on to this yeah, thing I, that's probably eating him up every time he sees it. I liked it because they were in the Quintjet going to Siberia. <laughs> um, he asked them, like, the whole, like, am I worth it? You know, that whole conversation. And one of the questions is, do you remember it? And he says, I remember every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of, at that point, interpreted it as there's more to that conversation than it just didn't show us because they didn't have to. No. I interpreted it as that's what he found out. Hmm. I mean, and, and I just like the fact that even for the line that you now you heard in the trailers and now in the final scene of, well, he's my friend. It's like, and so was I. That's that's a very strong line between Iron Man and. I thought and that that America. was not that was going to be an edited line. I thought like the so was I and friend like they were going to be like an hour apart. 
I had no idea that they were going to be back to back. And that, like, at in, that time, in that, it, it broke your heart. It was like, it yeah. Right, right. Like, like, even I more thought, so now. I thought, didn't know. Yeah, I right. thought in the trailer they were just doing editing tricks to, like, make you feel something. And then when it actually hits, you're like, oh my god. Oh my god, <laughs> my heart. I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, so, I do have actor. I do have one all kind of small criticism, and I just want want to pose this as a question because Derek also was really really upset about this point. One, but, one of our listeners, one yeah, our Derek, listeners. one of our listeners, along with the Ryan Dow. He probably so. doesn't listen, but well, yeah. we have the Derek sons and we have the Ryan Dow. <laughs> they did hang out all the time, um, but uh, Derek pointed out something really interesting to the fact that Baron Zemo was a German officer. Right? Sokovian. Sokovian officer. 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 Okay. So he's a Sokovian officer. But his wife and his son died in, in the issues that happened at Sokovia. Yeah. But why was the voicemail in English? In perfect English. Perfect English. Because he, he was re listening to it on the phone English. the entire time. I thought about this. I thought about this a lot. I actually spent like two hours of my day today thinking about it. And I legitimately think it was just a production fuck up. They didn't think about it. Yeah. Well, what do you think? That makes a lot of sense for it to be that. Or, I mean, it seemed like the people of Sokovia had no trouble jumping back and forth between English with Scarlet Witch as a great example. Yeah. Well, so, she didn't even have the accent. Oh, the wife didn't have the accent, though. Scarlet Witch I couldn't remember if she, didn't, if she had a hint of an accent, I thought. I, I it, was like, it was like... It was like... Pure Illinois English. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's probably a production fuck up, but it, yeah. uh, I mean, they could easily explain it away with like, oh, she wasn't from there; she was a U.S. citizen. So they married an American. So the the way that I thought of it was, she was born in the U- United States, so she like learned English somewhere like very well. Yeah. Um, she was she was Joe happened to be in Sokovia during all the other stuff that was happening there because there was basically a war almost kind of a civil war that was happening there during Avengers two. Um, there was a, a role against the government and they didn't want anybody there. I for some reason thought that she was like doing missionary work there, helping people out, and then she just so happened to die being there. You guys, you guys so. have way bigger head cannons than I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I literally was just like, yup, that's American English. <laughs> On to the next scene. Black Panther's gonna kick some ass. Let's go. Well, Derek was really, really yeah, adamant yeah. about bringing that up. I was like, I it is. Black yeah. So no joke, I, I, mean, I spend like, about two hours of my day after this exact conversation where I went and I looked up not only Helmut, but like Helmet. Uh, I looked up... So there are 13 different Zemos, and I looked up the big two, and I looked at their wives, I looked at their wives' origins, I looked backstories. I literally spent two hours of my life trying to research exactly this topic, and I found nothing that could be less than just a fuck up on production. Yeah. Okay, I mean, this is completely a creative directive, so they can always go whatever way they're out. Like I said, I don't know if it was my mind filling in a plot hole, I kind of like to think that she was over there helping things out. Ah, who knows? Now, if something comes from it, that would be amazing. If it comes out that she was a she was a missionary over there helping out, fuck you all. <laughs> I I kind of want to know. I kind of now I'm thinking that she was Peter Parker's mom, and that and that she went over for missionary work, got killed, and that's why Peter got dropped off with his hot aunt. Uh huh. Uh, that's, that would be, uh, that's reviews. That's my reviews. new. That's no my new thing. Scores. So, so Sh- shut up, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut, I'll cut no you off. Sense. I'll cut you off. 
It's a twist you So <laughs> we're, we're, we're moving into our conclusions, and we're going to be moving into kind of where do you think this stacks up with all the other Marvel Cinematic Universe films, as well as your grade. So let's look like specifically the all the MCU films. So we're going to start with Jesse. We're going to talk about where does this stack up with everything, and then lastly, your grade. Absolutely my favorite Marvel film. Like, so far, the entire series has been well, and it's nice to see that the series is doing well and that there's still hope. Like, it's been, what did you say, like seven years, ten years? Well, it's, I mean, since it's been eight years Iron since Iron Man. Since I, I, I was going since Joe Hansen's first exper- no, uh, appearance. No, uh, Iron Man 1. What was 08, so it's eight 08. years. Yeah. They even say it in Civil War. Would yeah. you say it? Since eight years ago when you yeah, don. And how many movies has it been? In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, this is 15, 13. 13? Like, and dude, they just came out with their best. And, like, I keep hearing about, like, oh, the comic book bubble is going to pop. But, like, you know what? If you keep making good movies, then I don't care. Like, and you know what? This was not only a good comic book movie, but it was a fun, like, theater movie. I was very happy that I went and spent a movie ticket on this. Would you say that it's a new hope? For the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Absolutely not. I, I would say it was a continuation of something that happened, and like, yeah, if a you continuation want to... of So Jesse yeah, is basically the Drax of the group. Smackdown. Because that went over his head. No, I got the reference, but why would you call the 13th movie a new hope? It doesn't make any sense. Because there's like a. My next one was talking about the Awakening, but we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. I got you, and Jesse Drax did it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will start with my grades. Um, I would say on a side note, Guillermo give this is he gave this an A. He's gonna be rewatching all of them, so he'll probably be back with the next episode of giving his entire rundown for it. So Guillermo gives it an A. I give it an A plus. I thoroughly think that this is obviously the my favorite film. Um, top by far. Uh, um, yeah, by far. I think so. Um, and I really liked the fact that although they say that it's a Captain America film and it's heavily focused on Captain America and Winter Soldier, Winter Soldier is more of an ensemble film. So when I'm yeah. looking at this Avengers film, I look at Avengers... Yeah, exactly. I look at Avengers 1, I look at Avengers 2, and I look at Cap 2 and Cap 3 are all kind of ensemble films. More 3 than 2. Um, so I love this film. Definitely my favorite. I just love all the characters a lot. Uh, Josh? Uh, gets an A-plus from me. Um, I think they did a great job with the ensemble, like you said. Uh, a lot of great character moments, and um, I lost my train of thought. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, A plus, like it is dethroned. Cap two is my favorite of all these, uh, and it's yeah, it fits over both the Avengers, but it just did it all well, and just told a really good story. Um, well, Cap- that's awesome. You weren't here when we actually gave our rating, so if it's okay if I put you on the spot, can I get your top five? Yeah. Cap 3, Cap 2, Avengers, Avengers 2, and First Iron Man. Avengers Actually, Avengers 1. Guardians not even up there. Yeah. That's what I like yeah. you, bro. No, no I didn't Guardians. like Guardians that much either. Actually, uh, let's go back. I didn't uh, even that think would be about my that. way to finish it up. Is this, this does make it into my top three. I'm not sure if it makes it my number one. I didn't even... Because I do love Guardians. Yeah, I didn't include Guardians because they haven't met the Avengers yet, so I still separate that, even though it's the MCU. I I accept that. this better than Guardians? That's that's the focal point. And Iron Man 1. 
Uh, it's still on my list because that is such a great origin. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna have to drop. Now that you remind me, Iron Man drops the rank and Guardians goes there. Cool. Guardians, Guardians five. Sorry, yeah. I talked about before. This. Let's let's finish up the conclusion and then we can get into some after. Well, I mean, after conclusions, the nothing. Yeah. I, I just want to point out that this the CG in Iron Man one still looks incredible. Like that yeah. movie is nearly a decade later and still looks amazing. Anyways, I did not like anyways. the final. I did not like the final battle in Iron Man one. I thought it was kind of weird. It still visually looks good, which is very true. Which very, is this, that's all. Like, that's I'll, all. I like Iron Man one. Well, I'm just leave it at that. Go yeah. Ahead. Cool. So uh, I give this an A. Um, I think that depending on the day that I wake up it's going to be either this or Guardians as the, the best movie. I think that we still haven't seen anything like Guardians yet in the MCU. And so there's just nothing to compare that with. Like the closest yeah. thing we have is maybe... It has maybe, such a unique out there. Yeah, it, it's, like, it's like it almost if you took the ensemble level of Civil War and Avengers movie and then paired it with the tone of Ant-Man. Yeah. And yeah. that's Guardians... But like that, so that other movie, so so, uh, it was amazing. I thought that everything about it was incredible. I really didn't have too many criticisms. Um, that gets top marks. I agree with Jesse that it's insane that it's almost eight years later and we're still making movies that you can like you. It, the bubble's not bursting. Right. So overall, I think that we all thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I would say that here. Um, and I would say thank you for definitely listening. Um, the next week, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to be um, talking about because we were supposed to go see uh, X-Men, but apparently, according to Mike, we got locked out. So we'll figure that out um, as of next week as well. So I would say uh, definitely keep listening on. We do have a Reddit. We have a Twitter. We have an email. For our Reddit, we have downinfront.reddit.com. So feel free to post any sort of questions you do have for that. Our Twitter is at underscore D-I-F-P. That's an at underscore downinfront podcast. And then lastly, we do have an email. Feel free to email us at downinfrontpodcast at gmail.com. We're on iTunes. Feel free to rate us, ask us any questions, and we'll definitely be helping out and continue to drink these delicious beverages. So for this evening, I will say goodbye. My name is Warren. I'm with Josh. Good night, all. I'm with Mike. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Oh, <laughs> I'm with uh, Mike. Yo, what's happening? Uh, Kyle. Yeah. And lastly, Jesse. Hey. Good night and love you all. Peace. <laughs>